So it's it's fun. We we have an outline of where where we think we're going today, right, Chris? It's it's an outline. Um, I feel like the Lord's been speaking quite a bit. Whew. First, I want I want to say thank you for the opportunity that uh, to give Jessica and I a couple weeks to be able to get away and rest, and and those were some wonderful times and. And uh, we're very thankful, and uh, it, it really meant a lot. Um, and uh, I think the last couple weeks, even being in here, uh, hearing, seeing the video of the youth and their experiences down in Miami was, was really cool. Uh, and there were a couple of the little candid video spots that really just touched my heart and stood out to me. And if, if you didn't get to see that, I'd encourage you to go and watch that what, 25-minute, you know, video of our students. I love that we were able to capture their experiences in the moment while they were there. You know, it's so hard to come back from that and a week and a half later try to get up and share your missions experience as a teenager. Uh, We were able to capture that while they were there and share those experiences. And so if you haven't had a chance to see that, I encourage you to go watch it. Maybe you did see it. I'd I'd encourage you to go watch it again. Um, These are our kids and they are having moments, experiences with our Savior. And they are seeing a different world and seeing how Jesus can impact that world. And to me, that's just such an exciting thing. And so whether you've already seen it or haven't seen it, I just encourage you to go watch it. Go watch it again and pray for those students because now they're going to be heading into school and they're heading back into routine and they're going to be faced with, with um, they're going to be faced with the people they know and the people that know them. And the tendency is going to be to quickly fall right back into who they have been instead of the new creation that God is making in them. And so I want to pray for them. And so uh, encourage you to do that. Tonight we're meeting at 6 o'clock here uh, in the Family Life Center and we're going to pray for this new school year. And so please come out and be part of that. Uh, some of us will stay here and pray. Some of us are going to go out to the schools and pray. And we'll do whichever one you need to do. Uh, whichever one excites you. Whichever one you need to do, that's what we're going to do tonight. And then we're bribing you with ice cream afterwards to, so you'll come out, right? Um, we, sh- we shouldn't have to put ice cream out there afterwards to get us to come pray for the school year. But we're going to do it anyway because I like ice cream. So uh, we all like ice cream. Who, ice cream. You scream. Anyway, um, so come tonight, 6 o'clock. I think it's going to be a good time, great opportunity for us to pray for our students, pray for our teachers, and pray for the school year. Uh, if you were here last week, I loved being here last week. We had the opportunity to hear from Jimbo Hall um, as he spoke from Luke chapter 10. And if you, if you were here and heard that, awesome. If not, you can go see it. I encourage you to go watch it. Um, but Luke chapter 10, there at the end of the chapter, he's talking about Mary and Martha and... Um, Martha being distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus answered, you were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And he encouraged us to sit at the feet of Jesus. Encouraged... 
I'll tell you, coming off of a couple weeks of rest and then coming in and hearing our, our youth talk about their trip and then being encouraged by Jimbo last week to sit at the feet of Jesus, I felt like, man, Jesus, that's what I've been had the opportunity to really focus on over these last few weeks. And, and, and it was kind of like I was just hearing him say, keep sitting at my feet. Because sometimes when you get into life, you kind of just get going, right? You get caught up with the things that need to be done. And uh, it was just a reminder for me, even as I'm coming back into here, and, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I have to remember that sitting at the feet of Jesus isn't only when I'm taking a rest or on vacation. It's got to be all the time. It's got to be all the time, all the time. One of the things that he said, uh, that Jimbo said last week, was he talked about the things that are burdening us, the things that we need to give to Jesus. He says, take those things and imagine them and wrap them and take them and put them into the wounds of Jesus and leave them there. And then he said, as you give to Jesus those things, what is Jesus giving back to you? And the word that he gave back to me in that moment was freedom. His freedom. We, we, we have freedom to live. And I, I don't know, maybe you don't even remember that moment. Um, maybe you do. But I, I felt like God just said freedom. His freedom. When we walk in him and we're following him, we have his freedom. I hope that you've had a chance to see that. If not, I encourage you to go back and watch it. It's available. Uh, I hope that you have sat at his feet this week. And maybe you're saying, well, I haven't sat at his feet. Well, you can go do it. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Um, today's the first day of a new year for us. This is our fiscal year. This is our calendar year. This is how we do things. August 1st, we do things. Last year's done. It's over. It's in the past. We don't want to forget about it, but we do need to move on from it because the calendar just keeps going, isn't it? Uh, last year, I looked back to see what we did on this Sunday. We actually had a, a, a guest speaker this Sunday last year. And, uh, and then so the next Sunday, a year ago, uh, we, we kind of looked back at the direction that God wants us to go. And I've been praying about who, who we are to be as a church over the course of this next year. And so there's some things that I want to share today that just kind of talks about uh, the direction we're going, and I've, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, and, and uh, what he's been working in my heart for us as a family to hear and do together. Because we're a family. We're a family. Family loves each other. Family takes care of each other. Family helps each other in hard times, difficult times, great times. Family's party. I like, I like that. Who likes a good party, right? Usually there's ice cream, right? Or pizza. Those are <laughs> terrible for your waist. Um, but they're, it's good times. And so I, I really want us to focus in on that reality of us being family because that's who we are. This last year was kind of tough. This last year was kind of different, wouldn't you say? But when we stop and think about it, isn't every year kind of different? I've never had the exact same year back to back. Ever. Matter of fact, when I think back of my numbers of years, and some of you think I'm young, I got a lot of white here. Uh, I think I might even have some more white than some of you that are older than me. Um, I, I'm in my last year of being halfway there. Uh, 
Matter of fact, I think 49 is past halfway there. I hope it is. I don't want to do this for another 49 years. I want to be with Jesus. I used to joke with my kids that I'd, I was going to take my full 120 just to bug them. And, um, but no, I don't want to do that. We don't know what this year is going to bring. There's already rumors of what this year is going to bring, aren't there? We don't know what this year is going to bring. The constant in all of it is Jesus. He never changes. He never changes. He continues to prove himself faithful. My very first Sunday here, they called it my installation service. I was installed right here. Um, and we had a squeaky board right here that's been fixed. Um, if you can believe it, it was two, two, two years and three months ago. I, that's hard for me to wrap my brain around. Um, but that, that morning I read these verses, and I continue to read these verses. I don't know that, I, I don't know a month goes by that I don't go back and read these verses since I've gotten here. These are verses that the Lord gave me before I got here and told me to read on that morning. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I got, this is a little mixed us. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. That continues for me today. Mo there are some of you out there that would probably agree, yep, there's not a lot of human wisdom there. I'll tell you this, I am not a deep guy. Scripture's deep. Scripture gets deep. Matter of fact, we're looking at Psalm 23 today. I'm sitting here going, we could spend 10 weeks on this. There's so much there. I know I say that a lot, but it's just so true. There's so much there. There's so much there. I mean, we get, you get more than 10 weeks. It's so good. It's so good. I, I'm not a deep guy. I, this is who I am. I am, you spend some time with me. This is who I am. I'm not deep. To me, I'm a Jesus. Jesus is my God. He saved me from so many things, and I want to honor him and please him, and I like to have fun, and I like to bring joy to people, and I, and I, and I want to do all I can, and I just, I just enjoy being with people and helping them see Jesus. You know, uh, I, 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 I want to lead people to Jesus. I want people to know Jesus. I want people to walk with Jesus, and, um, you know, for those of you, I, I, I have a bachelor's in youth ministry. I have one year of my master's work done in ministry leadership. I don't know if everyone knows that. Um, that was a difficult year. I wish I would have done my master's when I was in my 20s. I would have been blown away by what I was learning. I did a year of my master's in my 40s, and, uh, and to be honest, I said, I, 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 I know this stuff. I've experienced this stuff. I've lived this stuff, you know? I, I 
I already I know what I'm being taught. If I'd have learned it in my 20s, I would have been like, this is great. Instead, I learned it in my 30s by living it. Um, and so I didn't finish my second year because then I was just doing it for a piece of paper and to please man, and I didn't feel like that was a good, good way to spend my time and energy and efforts. And I enjoy reading. I read quite a bit. And I never want to stop learning and growing. But I need my focus always to be on what God would have for us and where his Holy Spirit's leading. One of the things that I've come back to this after my time away was uh, I came back to what I felt like was a lack of peace. There were rumblings. There were opinions. There were things being said. There were things being shared. There were some things that uh, came out about how people feel about me. It's always fun to come back from vacation and hear these things. Really what I heard was a lack of peace. So I wanted this morning, I felt like after spending time with God, I I felt like we needed to look at Psalm 23. Felt like we needed to look at Psalm 23 And look at what it means to have peace. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. I'm going to invite you to stand in honor of God's word. And I'm going to read these verses for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't be seated. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you that you have preserved these words of David for us, that you have kept them here for us to hear today, to hear every day we want to. Thank you that your word is alive and active. And Lord, we pray today that we will experience the revelation of your word in our lives. That we will leave here today confident that you are a shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just let's take a, a, about a minute or two and on your own, read back through that. Ask the Holy Spirit to have something stand out for you. Just read. There are a few things that stand out for me. Look up Psalm 23 uh, on the internet and um, good night. There are so many commentaries, so many sermons that have been preached. There's all kinds of things. Uh, I found five-point sermons, three-point sermons. Uh, I found one two-point sermon that had four sub-points under each point and then sub-points under those points. Um, I'm like, good grief, that's just an outline for a Bible study. Um, I don't know how someone could preach, uh, how someone could preach that in, in any decent amount of time. Uh, as I said, there's so much here. God's word is so rich and there is so much here. Um, and, and my heart is to try to walk through this and, and point some things out. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from what God is saying to us. Because if we know him, his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And when we sit down and read his word, we commune with him and he reveals things to us. And I'll tell you, each one of us is different. And each one of us is in a different place. And there's things that stood out in this for each, each one of us that's going to be different. And so for me, I've got to pull out the thing that I think might be what the Holy Spirit is saying we need as a family. And so there's a few things that stood out. So these aren't really points. These are just some observations that I feel like the Lord is saying to think about for us. And I'm going to walk through the six verses quickly, move on to something else. But here we have David, a shepherd himself, admitting that the Lord is his shepherd and that because of it, he has everything he needs. He has everything he needs. 
everything he needs. He lacks nothing. And so he doesn't actually call himself a sheep here, but if the Lord is a shepherd, you kind of just think that David's saying, I'm the sheep. (laughs) We're the sheep. Sheep are such smart animals, aren't they? Do you know that a sheep that falls down on its back can't even get up on his own? Doesn't even know how. If the shepherd doesn't come along and take that rod or staff and help flip him over, he'll stay the, it'll stay there until it dies. When I read that, it just made me think about the reality of how many people I know that just get stuck in a rut and don't get out and don't even know they're there. And really, they stay there till they die. Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. We lack nothing. Right now, where we're at, because the Holy Spirit, if we follow Jesus, if the Holy Spirit is inside of us, because we have a personal relationship with Jesus, because we can go into the Holy of Holies, because we have access to the throne, because we can go to our Father, we lack nothing right now. We lack nothing. We have everything we need. This world, this country, this lost world tells us constantly of all the things that we need and all the things that we lack. And the fact is, it's all a lie. We know Jesus, we lack nothing. And if we can't, grasp that and hold that, then I would say that we don't understand the peace of God. And we don't have it. I I love verse two. Each each translation that I read it in uses the word makes. He makes me lie down in green pastures because I ain't smart enough to do it on my own. Did I say that well enough? I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. He makes me do it. When does a sheep lie down in the grass? After they've eaten their full. They don't lay down when they're still hungry because they're eating the grass. They're still eating. But after they've eaten their full, after they've gotten everything they need, they lay down. Who loves to fill a stomach up and then lay down and take a nap? How many of you are doing it this afternoon? It feels good, doesn't it? That's what I think about. It feels good. That Sunday afternoon nap after a big lunch, it feels good. He makes me do it because I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. He leads me, leads me behind, beside quiet waters because I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. I know for me personally, the way that I pray the best, the way that I feel closest to God is when I'm on a trail hiking And in Georgia, there's all kinds of trails and rivers to do that along because usually somewhere at the end, there's a waterfall, and those are so beautiful. Those are my favorites. Montana, I got to hike to high places, and you could see really far in other hills and mountains, and that was always cool, but I'd much rather see a waterfall because then you can get in the water. There's nothing to jump. Well, if you're, depending on the season, maybe you can sit down in the snow. We hiked in July often and ran into snow. He makes me, he makes me lie down. He leads me besides quiet waters. That's what he does for us. He refreshes my soul. 
because I don't know how to do that on my own. And then here, a second time, he guides me along the right path. David, as a shepherd leading his sheep, takes them to the right places, takes them the safe routes, takes them the way that they need to go to get to the green grass, to get to the right water. Most sheep don't know the difference between clean water and dirty water, and they'll drink the first water they find. And unfortunately, a lot of times that water is not the good, healthy water, and it gets them sick. But the shepherd's going to make sure he takes them to the right water, the clean water that they can drink so that they are healthy and strong. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Righteousness is about reflecting Jesus. It's not about doing the right rules and following the right things. I saw a post just at Beck Gamble posted a devotion yesterday that came out of uh, her, one of her classes studying Proverbs. And, and, it, and it says, um, we could do all the right things, but if we do it in an ugly way, are we doing it the right way? I see a lot of people that do the right thing, but they sure don't do it in a pretty nice way. They might, are they really doing it right if it's coming out ugly? We walk in righteousness because we are honoring our Father, because we are doing it in the name of Jesus. That's why we walk in righteousness. We don't walk in righteousness for ourselves or for any other person. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Peace, having peace, knowing peace, doesn't mean that life will be easy. It doesn't mean that hardships won't come. There's been a lot of hardship and heartbreak in the past week. But it doesn't mean peace doesn't come. In, in, in the book, A Man of God, A.W. Tozer says, your spiritual safety and well-being lies in being near to the shepherd. Stay close to Jesus and all of the wolves in the world cannot get a tooth in you. Loss, disappointment, mistakes, all, all of that. The enemy wants to do nothing but to grab us and steal our peace. But God promises he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's always with us. His presence is what we need to hold on to. And it's his presence that carry us through those difficult times, whatever they might be. We focus in on his presence. I love the end of this verse because... <laughs> You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff often are used to correct the sheep, to discipline them, to get them to do what the shepherd wants them to do. And, and it's not a nice, sweet little nudge. <laughs> it's often, wake up, move. It's, it's discipline. 
And, and David is saying, your, your rod and your staff that you use to discipline me, to direct me, to lead me, to guide me, sometimes knock me pretty good, comforts me. Do we, do we see God's guiding, directing, discipline as comfort? We should because he's just making us more like him. And that's what he wants for us because he knows that more like him is the best thing we can have. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I, to me, there's a shift here that goes from talking about being a sheep to now being in a relationship with him. And my God invites me in to have a meal with him. We had some folks over to the house, uh, not this past Friday, the Friday before, and Jessica's like, how are we doing the meal? And it's a good number of people. We're going to grill food. We're going to do buffet style. I'm like, just let's just put all the food on the table, and they can come in, and we'll have chairs out here, and they can come in and just get the food on the table. And she goes, well, how should I set up the table? And I'm like, it doesn't need to be set up. We're just putting food on it. So you guys know where I'm going. Well, no, should I get out the, should I get out the tablecloth? Should I put a runner on it? Should I put, what decoration should I put on the runner? And I'm like, there's just food going on it. I, I, all I could think of, just, let's just eat. She's like, no, let's prepare this table for our guests. She's much better at hospitality than I am. The Lord prepares a table for us. That's how much he loves us. He wants to sit down and eat. And then he wants to give all that we need and more. Cup runneth over. And then I read the cup and I'm taken instantly back to the cross. And Jesus saying to the disciples, the cup, can you bear the cup that I'm about to bear? Jesus gave up everything so that we can sit down and have a relationship, intimate relationship with him. He anoints my head with oil. Anointing of oil. As the guest comes into the house, there's an anointing of oil. When the sheep would fall and injure themselves, there's an anointing of oil. I think we miss the specialness, the specialness of an anointing of oil. That God wants to give to each of us. We are honored guests. Last one, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we know Jesus, this is the house of the Lord because he lives in here and we get to be with him for eternity in the house that he builds for us and I look forward to that. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. It's already amazing to live with him. I wanna think about surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. What's King James there? King James says, what? Someone have that? What's, we all know it. I'm just blanking right now. Surely, goodness and mercy. Yeah. 
when I think about that, the, the, the thing that came to mind is I walk in the righteousness, as, I, as he leads me in the paths of righteousness, I kind of think of a boat that's going in a direction, and you can obviously tell which direction that boat is going because of the wake that's created behind him, behind the boat. And so as we walk in directions, when we are led in the direction of righteousness, then loving and kindness should be in our wake because we're walking in righteousness. Does your wake, is your wake filled with God's love and mercy? Do the people that, I mean, what happens if you get caught up in the wake of a boat? You know it, right? You know you're there. You're caught up in it. I've seen people on surfboards stay in that wake forever because they know how to control themselves. They don't even need a rope. They can just stay there. Are we leaving a wake of love and goodness and mercy behind us as we walk through this life? The only wake we can do that is if we know peace with God. That's the only way. I want to walk in a path of righteousness for Jesus' sake, not my own, not anyone else's, but for his name's sake, so that I'm leaving a trail of goodness and mercy and love behind me. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to play in a disc golf tournament over in Dahlonega. I met some new people. I ran into some people that I played in other tournaments with a couple months ago and, and, and got to reconnect with them. Some of them really need to be reconnected with. I, I'm excited because I have a couple relationships that I've built through this now that I, I can call up. I can close the deal. I can call up and go get a meal with them and go play another round of disc golf, just the two of us now, because I've gotten to a point where I've built those relationships. My goal yesterday well, was to play really well. Um, but my goal was to build relationships and friendships and to encourage people. Before we even teed off the first tee, both rounds, I told the guys, I said, guys, I just want to tell you this right now. The moment one of our discs hits the chains of that basket for the first time, I don't care if it's a bogey, I don't care if it's a birdie, I don't care if it's a hole-in-one, I don't care if it's a triple bogey. The first one of us to hit those chains, I'm going to shout like you just got an ace. And they all laughed. And then I did it. And he got a birdie. It was a great shot. Great second shot. And I shouted, Woo! Everyone laughs. But man, it just relaxes you. Now you're just relaxed. Now you're just there to play and have fun. I constantly, my, my, I just want to encourage people to have fun and enjoy life. And what's amazing is at first they're kind of like, yeah, it's fun. This guy's fun. And then they kind of stay away from you for a little while because you're just a little weird. But somewhere between about halfway through the round, they just start coming up next to me. And they start talking to me. And they start asking me questions. And some don't even ask questions. They just jump right into telling me what's going on in their life. And I hope it's because my heart is to walk in righteousness and to leave a wake of love and mercy and goodness behind me. And I hope that they're getting caught up in that wake and they're seeing that there's something there and they need it. 
What are the things that's stealing our peace? What are the things that are stealing our peace? We're going to move into our time of communion. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to show a video. Not yet. Good job, Max. He's awake. But I'm going to ask the worship team to come out. We're going to go into a time of communion. But I want to know, what are the things that are stealing your peace right now? The enemy wants to take the littlest things to steal our peace. The littlest things. Guys, the reality, we are in a lost and fallen world that doesn't know any better. Don't let the lost and fallen world that doesn't know any better steal our peace. Let it it fuel you to have a wake of love and goodness and mercy. If you don't like something about me, I'm sorry. God created me this way. I, I want to constantly try to be better. But I also have freedom. God told me that last week. <laughs> I have freedom. If you have something you don't like, come tell me. Don't tell anyone else. Come tell me. I can take it. Don't let it steal your peace. I don't want to be something that steals your peace. If you don't like something that the leadership in this church has done, come talk to us. Just come talk to us. Don't let it steal your peace. We can't be unified if we don't have peace. And God's clear that he says, if there's a problem, come talk. If you don't like our president, our former president, if you don't like the decisions that are being made, don't let it steal your peace. God's governance is way better. And you can have peace with his. Let's watch this video. Then we'll go into a time of communion.